So I've apparently said Georgie too many times now. Said what? Was... Georgie. Jorge Martin. Oh. That, that's where we'll start off this week. But I've said Georgie so many times that I was sitting here on the MotoGP website right in front of me, and it says, Jorge will have to totally attack. And in my head, I was like, Georgie will have to totally attack. I'm like, that guy sounds so dumb. What a silly name. Well, that's that's because if you, well, you don't always watch those, but those press conferences, mm-hmm. none of the Italians can say it. Really? They all say Georgie or they'll, they say all kinds of crazy things, but it's never Jorge. Never Jorge. Well, then I don't feel so bad. Anyway. Jorge sometimes. <laughs> that's funny. How uh, How was your week? Uh, good. Okay. <laughs> well, should we, on that great note, should we roll the intro? No, I don't think, I don't think yet. I think you should do your professional intro. And you and that intro. <clears throat> I don't know why you're so. I, I like it. I mean, we're trying to be professional here, so. That's right. Yeah, we're a professional podcast. We just restart right now. Stuff. Welcome back to JK Moto Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your motorcycle podcasting needs. A podcast run by two men that ride motorcycles, go to the racetrack, and one of us races. We're here to talk to you about, well, motorcycles and motorcycle racing. Brought to you by Working Class Customs, custom fabrication shop out of northern Utah. See, was that so hard? Was that so hard? I don't know. I don't have it written down, so every week it's just like, let me see what random stuff I can say. Well, it's almost identical every time, so you're doing something right. All right. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk some motorcycles, so let's get the intro out of the way. Intro, intro, intro. Yesterday, at one point, I was in six. back we're back and we're live and we're live hey you asked me how my week was and i didn't give you a very good answer but how was your week uh it was a pretty good week had some family in town so a little busy uh but i managed to watch the sprint and the race watch the race today actually it is monday so uh, I don't, I don't know if you want to dive right into that, but I'm, I'm down to dive right into it where we can continue, continue, you know, the weather was good. It was warm and rainy and then cold and not rainy. Yeah. Cold, cold in quotes there because yeah, I think it cold was like 61. So, oh my gosh, we're, we're headed for this upcoming weekend. Luckily we have a, the last MotoGP race to watch because Unless you got a good heater system, it's going to be nothing but probably cuddling and watching a MotoGP race because I think the high is like 30, but it's getting down into the 14s. Wow. For Thanksgiving weekend, huh? Yep. What a just, weekend. At least just after. Thursday should be all right, but headed yeah. into the weekend, it's going to be it's going to be shady. But before we dive into MotoGP, since I know you don't watch Moto2. Yeah. Correct. I got a bone to pick with the announcers. I got a bone to pick with the officials. I got a bone to pick with everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, which one are we starting with? There was a, there was a situation this weekend that kind of irritated me. There was some rough riding in Moto2, which I am fond of. I thought that was great. There was no problem. But right. the points leader, Masia, ran into everybody on the track. You know, he had the opportunity to shut this down. He was just out there bumping off of everybody. I mean, three. Ooh. Sorry, can we can we take a quick detour? You just reminded me. That it's not motorcycle related, but you said had a chance, opportunity to shut this down. And it reminded me of something else that almost shut down that I think we should touch on. We can get to that later, though. Sorry. Yeah, write yourself a note, my lord. So, this guy... This guy's running into everybody, the points leader. Mm-hmm. He's running into everybody. Right. There were some other riders that 
we're bumping into some people on a much smaller scale. They get they get long lap penalties for touching people. There's okay. lap, long lap penalties getting handed out. But Massia, the points leader, who nobody could argue ran into everybody, got a warning. <laughs> he got a warning for, you know, watch his writing come across his little dash or whatever. Yeah. And it was it was such crap because the the person who was being the most rough with was the second place in the points. Mm-hmm. Sasaki. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Moto three, not Moto Two. Okay, that's making more sense. I was gonna say you're saying a lot of names like I don't follow Moto Two very well, but yeah. these names yeah, were really sounding off. Moto three. But anyway, I was mad. You know, sometimes we talk about how the officials are uh, they got to have something to talk about. Or not the officials, but the announcers. They got to have something to talk about. So they're going to pop off about this and that and the other. And sometimes they get a little too far down the path of, well, I believe that when it's sunny outside, this guy feels that, you know, yellow ducks yeah. are better than brown ducks. And right. how do you know that? Well, they were they were all about it in this race. I mean, they didn't need to fill the void. There was so much action in that race. There was no reason to be filling the void, but no, they were talking about the guy's family, how they would fill and how it would destroy like relationships and all this kind of stuff. If the guy didn't win the championship and just stuff, they had no business talking about in mm -hmm. my opinion. But then mm -hmm. at the same time, I thought it was pretty, if you're not going to give anybody a penalty, cool. I'm good with that. But if you're going to try to avoid giving the points leader a penalty because you don't want to affect the outcome of the championship when he's running into the guy that the only guy that has a chance at right. affecting the outcome of the championship. Mm -hmm. man, they got to anyway, it's beside the point. But if you go back and watch that race, you can come back and tell me if you think you agree. Well, maybe right. somebody agrees, disagrees in the comments, but not real happy with. Masia. Yeah, you know, I was talking to my my coworkers the other night at work, and I was laughing because we were talking about F one a little bit, and I was like, "Yeah, I need to, I need to follow F one," but I have a hard time even following all the motorcycle racing that I should be following, right? And so I mentioned MotoGP and Moto America and World Superbike, and then there's British Superbike, which I, I never watch, and Australian Superbike, which I never watch, and I forgot to mention that Moto2 and Moto3 are technically completely different. If you truly want to be following all three of those, that's an entire weekend. Gone. So, I just... I, insomniac, my friend. Yeah, I was just kind of just kind of laughing after that. I was like, yeah, that's why I don't really, you know, I don't follow F1, because I don't think I have the time to fully invest and follow and and get in there. And then they started asking me questions about, you know, the differences between bikes. And I started going through Superbike versus Stock 1000 versus Super Sport versus the Twins Cup versus, and that's just Moto America. Do you want to talk about club racing? Do you want to talk about World Superbike? It's pretty similar, but it's a little different. Like just, anyway. I I just had a comment or a conversation a couple hours ago with a colleague. Um, and they were saying, man, I should really maybe try to watch some of that Formula One. That's so cool. The cars just seem so cool. And they were in Vegas, which is somewhat local to us here, right? Mm -hmm. They were just in Vegas. And man, I should watch that. And I said, do you like cars? And he says, not really, but it seems like it'd be exciting to watch. You know, I'm not a car guy. And I said, well, if you don't have a preference, like you're just looking to watch a motorsports event. I said, you really should watch MotoGP. And uh, yeah. And he said, really, why? And I, I explained the reasons, which we can go through here again, but you call me out if I'm wrong here. But what I told him was in F1, in F1, you got however many cars on the grid. Mm -hmm. A computer pretty much tells them where they're going to finish before they even start the race. Mm -hmm. If they finish outside of that, like if the Aston Martin team is scheduled to finish 15th and 16th, and they finish 14th and 15th, they're ecstatic in the pits. They're jumping up and down. That's an amazing accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But in MotoGP, although you do get a lot of repeat winners, of course, as we see. Yeah. But in MotoGP, you got 22 riders on the grid. And I could make an argument for the top 15. I could make an argument for where they have a shot at it. Any, any more, yeah. 
Seems like it. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, that's way more exciting. But that that conversation kind of I was trying to talk to somebody who's not into motorsports, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But that conversation kind of morphed into, well, what's the difference between MotoGP and Moto America? And, and what's the difference between F1 and NASCAR? And, you know, mm. oh, questions, yes. questions that seem kind of simple. But I basically said, last time I at your Chevy dealership, did you see any F1 cars for sale? And they said, no. And I said, last time you were at your motorcycle dealership, did you see any MotoGP bikes for sale? Those are the imaginary classes. Yep. Prototype. Prototype. Where all the where all the testing happens. That's why we should enter MotoGP. Oh yeah. JK Moto Podcast. We can yeah. test our bikes. That we created? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta start a Patreon or something because of... <laughs> So let us let us know in the comments if you guys want to see uh <laughs> JK Moto Podcast Moto GP team and we'll uh, yeah we'll start a, a GoFundMe yeah <laughs> get get us to Moto GP we only need one hundred and twenty million dollars that's all or something like that. I don't know <laughs> I, yeah, no I don't think I'm gonna live long enough to get there just saying you'll have to carry the torch uh, you never know yeah you never know if we could and I know you probably didn't follow this but maybe your friends at work since the F1 race was so close. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything about it besides the uh, the biggest scary news, if you will. The manhole cover. Yes. Or the Which, sewer cover. Yeah, we, we were actually talking about that at work last night, and I was like, I don't remember which one, which it was, because I didn't actually see the story. I just kind of heard about it. Uh, but that kind of kind of made me laugh, honestly. Not now, like, ha, ah, it sucks to be them or anything like that, it's but not just funny, Easton. That guy could have died. Yeah, but it, the amount of downforce you have to have to suck a manhole cover out of the road into the bottom of your car—it's—it's it's even worse than that, man. It pulled up. It the—it's like the ring around it was cemented in. Mm-hmm. It broke a chunk of the cement out. Unless the—I mean, unless the—I mean, who knows? The thing could have popped back down. But I watched a bunch of the highlights. I—I I actually was watching that live mm-hmm. uh, with, with great interest. Uh, you know, you know, I have a. A bunch of friends in the Vegas area, and they were all getting out of town for the weekend. They didn't want nothing to do with it. Right. And so uh, me and the better half sat down and, you know, legitimately tried watching it right from the beginning. So we watched the opening ceremonies that were, like, insane. And I got to be a little bit honest. Like, MotoGP is big time. MotoGP is big time. And... I don't normally, like I watch the occasional F1 race, but I don't sit for like opening ceremonies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they were a little bit bigger because it was Vegas. Probably. But man, you watch the opening ceremony of that, uh, a lot of jokes going around. It looked like the Hunger Games. Like, <laughs> it started, yeah. but so much bigger than MotoGP. So, so much bigger. They had the fireworks off the top of all the casinos like they do on New Year's. They had things raising from the floor with riders or drivers in that case, standing on top of them. Yeah. They brought in the, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the, let's get ready to rumble. They brought in, you know, all the Las Vegas stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But classic Vegas show. The manhole cover comes up or the sewer drain or whatever. That was a $2 million hit on that car. They said it was over 2 million in damages. Yeah. Uh. So going back to Patreon. So, <laughs> so $2 million hit on the car, but then I don't know. I'm fine with how everything went down. It it sucked. Like, like, I don't think it was a black eye. They, they've done so much work to get that track ready and everything. And, but they had, they ended up sending the fans home. I don't know if you've seen this. No, I just heard the the announcement that, you know, we'll continue to make updates and we want to honor fan money spent as much as we can. Yes. Blah, blah, so, blah. Which that made, that made me a little scared because that's all I heard. And I was like, are they actually just going to shut down the weekend? That is insane. So it, just thinking about the amount of work and money and oh, yeah. everything that's gone into putting F1 in Vegas this week, I'm like, yeah, months, months of congestion. I mean, oh, years, yeah. of, years of planning, years of construction, but months of just congestion. 
mm-hmm. and all for one manhole cover to yeah so yeah, i mean over. stuff happens right i mean there was a lot of people armchair quarterbacks that kind of stuff saying you should have known that because i guess it's happened before somewhere else yeah so they're like you should have known that you should have tested that you could should have done whatever but unfortunately so p1 starts the cars go out for the first time on the track that happened very early on it happened like two minutes into their p1 session which all said and done is a good thing right that's it's true. not like it was in the middle of the race, right? You're, so you're a glass half full kind of guy. I like uh, it. Sure. <laughs> but they, so they shut down P1. They decide they're not going to fire it back up. They can't. Mm-hmm. And then P2 was supposed to happen later in the night. But my understanding, some of those streets are used during the day for regular traffic. They didn't okay. just leave it completely closed for the whole weekend. So there were cars driving on the track under normal day conditions. Mm, okay. And so the agreement with the city is that they have to have that opened up by like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. So it got late enough. They decided there was no way they could let the fans in and get them back out in time to open those roads up. So they held P2 with no fans. And then. Oh, wow. Okay. And then the fans that missed it, they were giving them a $200 <clears throat> gift card or some crap or $200 refund. Wow. So I don't know if that's just like across the board because I mean, some of those tickets were tens of thousands of dollars. So, and not for that one day, but for the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I I would assume that would be across the board because if you missed one practice because formula one wouldn't let you in, they probably calculated out like, well, we charge this much for the race, much for this, this much for this. So 200 bucks, one practice, here you go. I think you're giving them more credit. They probably didn't calculate anything. But regardless, there was some pissed off fans. And then uh, I, it, it opens up it opens up a spot for Europeans to talk smack on the U.S. again. Of course. Yeah. And so the next day, Bruce Buffer, that's his name. Bruce Buffer, I think he's out there announcing the dri- the riders. Mm-hmm. Like as they, they're just walking by him or whatever. They had a parade going on with classic cars. It's like a 62 Cadillac. I don't like to say that all the time. Don't quote me on that. There was an old red Cadillac, I believe. Okay. Driving in the parade. And it decided to shell its nuts and dump all the oil on the track. Oof. And so it was as they were leading up to day two. Mm-hmm. So here's this, <laughs> here's this scene they keep showing with this beautiful red Cadillac up on a tow truck. And an army of people out there with the floor dry trying to get that cleaned back up. Yeah. And if you go and watch the start of the race, the actual race, mm-hmm. there was still all that on the track. Verstappen had to start in the white powder, like hmm. the residue that they hadn't got completely cleaned off. Wow. So so my, uh, man, forgive me for not watching. I, I should have probably tuned in because it's a pretty big event but i'm hoping maybe they just come back and tickets get cheaper and we can just go but anyway so that's the point the main straight of the track is las vegas boulevard otherwise known as the strip correct did they only go down one side of it because there is a like tree filled median if i remember right anyway i thought yeah there is for a lot of it the part of the strip that they went down does not interesting okay um i know like towards the north side of the strip there's a lot of trees in the middle but as you get right towards the center of town there's no more trees really in the middle mm-hmm. okay so i'm just thinking about one part of it okay that was like my biggest question about the track that and hopping out on the freeway i was like so we're just shutting the freeway down like right okay <laughs> well there was i mean we're going down the so in the end of the day i wasn't here to talk bad about f1 there's people complaining because they did rip all the trees out in front of the bellagio fountains wow there's a lot of people yelling about that because they were like 50 year old, hundred year old trees or whatever. It's yeah, Vegas. Um, yeah. So they'll put some fake ones in place. Yeah. With electronic leaves that move and change light or something. Yeah. Something crazy. I just gave them an idea. But, <laughs> yeah. Hey, pay us for that. All in all, the race was, mm-hmm. it was a typical boring F1 race for the most part. I did, I did have a good time like reading all the comments leading up to it. The locals are obviously sick of it, hate it, want it gone. But one of the comments I kept seeing was, it just shows how uneducated people are with motorsports sometimes, but they kept saying, isn't there a track just to the north of town they could have used? 
<laughs> which is which is true, but they have a drag strip and a NASCAR track and a dirt track and a you know a small road course, but mm-hmm. nothing close to the scale of what that was. No, well, and that wouldn't be like no one would go. They would get just as much business there as they would like maybe a little more because it is still Vegas and it's a good vacation spot anyway. But they go to Cota in Miami every year, and I imagine it's not popping as much as they would like. But doing on the road with the Strip, I mean, the Las Vegas Boulevard is one of the most famous roads in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, say, so yeah, hey, we're going to drive F1 cars down at, at 300 miles an hour or whatever it might be. I assume it's not quite that much, but it's got to be quick. You're going to get people just because of that, the wow factor. Like I said, they hop out on the freeway. Here's me. I'm like, you know, over in Europe where they still do, I think, at least one, if not two a year that are on the road. Anyway, they, I know they have a, at least one other race every year that's always on on actual roads. Well, Monaco is for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was like, here you, you know, over in Europe, people care about motorsports. So, yeah, shut down the road. But yeah, we're all about it. The whole country's shut down anyway. Everyone's got the day off to be here, so whatever. <laughs> here, here, it's like, why, why can I not get to San Diego right now? It's cold in Utah. I'm trying to get to San Diego. Why is I-15 shut down? Uh, what the? Who's driving their? Are they street racing? Did we shut it down for street racing? Like no one's gonna know what's going on unless they've been tuned in. Which F one's been? Well, I don't even know because I, you know, all of my advertisements and whatnot are skewed anyway because I do follow motorsports. So obviously, I'm gonna get some motorsports related related things. And I signed up for the like Las Vegas F one text thing back in the day when I was hoping for like less than three thousand dollar tickets. Right. So. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. We'll, see, we'll see what happens next year. But anyway, if you're not into boring cars that go super fast but can't pass each other and same guy's going to win every time because he's got a perfect car, something else happened in the desert on the other side of the world at night under the lights that I thought was pretty good. I thought it was really good. Pretty good. Where do you want to start? I think we should start with the sprint. So we come okay. into the week. We come into the week, and Bagnai is down how many points? Into the week, thirteen or four uh, up. I believe, I believe he's up fourteen going into the week. Yeah, thirteen or fourteen. Yep. The sprint race, Bagnai kind of looked like he was in Nowheresville. I mean, a lot of people would kill for the results that he gets when he's in Nowheresville, but well, I'd say qualifying even too. Yeah, he didn't have nothing for nobody. I mean, it was just going to be for, pretty casual. for what you would be expecting of someone that's defending a you know, his second year world championship, two races on his second to last race of the year. <laughs> like, yeah, I was worried. Was pretty I was mediocre. worried for his weekend. On the other side of the coin was Jorge Martin, who, Jorge, who was struggling. Jorgi. Jorgi was struggling. Struggling, man. He was punching his bike. He was throwing fits. He was, was having a real hard time getting a good, clean, hard lap in. Mm-hmm. And didn't know what was going to happen leading up to the sprint. But we go to the sprint. Jorge pulls one out again. Yet again, indeed. Yet again. He just does what he does. Goes out there, leads the race, takes off, wins the race. Bagnaya struggles throughout yep. the whole thing. But yep. who we got? The highlight of the week, and everybody should be in everybody's books, but definitely in mine. Fabio DG and Antonio. DG and DG. Yeah. DG. He's, he's the nicest guy. I did not expect his voice to sound like it did. <laughs> no, I, I I stuck around for today after watching the race. I stuck around for you know interviews with all the riders, and I was like, "Huh, that's what he sounds like." Okay, he's got to be the nicest guy. Yeah, I've been saying that for a year and a half now. I always say how nice of a guy he is. Mm-hmm. I always say, "I wish he could win." He's such a nice guy. That's my big joke all the time, right? <laughs> I mean, a couple weeks ago he got a podium. The poor guy has been, I mean, I think last week was a little more down to earth for him. Yeah. The last race, but, you know, this second or last quarter of the season, he's been coming on strong. I mean, he's up there fighting all the time. He's qualifying well. He's fighting in the top five, six. Yeah. I mean, to to put it in perspective, I used to, he was like my go-to starred rider on Grid Rival, right? If you're not uh, familiar with Grid Rival, it's a fantasy MotoGP and F1 uh, app. So we run a little league in there. We're probably going to open that up to 
our viewers next year, I think, run a JK Moto League. But anyway, if you have a rider in there that is worth less than $16 million, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that just means they're not as good, basically. They're in the bottom half. You can star them. You click, you know, you put a star on them for the week, and then they get double points that week. And it's kind of just a fun little way to change it up. And I went, you know, when I would run out of my other starred guy, I would swap over to DG and go ahead and star him. And then it was like, man, it's okay. He's probably going to wreck anyway. I went to do that last week, middle of the week, because I needed to add, I think, one rider or two. And I uh, couldn't star DG because he was worth quite a bit more than $16 million. So yes, in the fantasy world. Yeah, in the fantasy world. So, But we're talking about a guy, for those that don't know, we're talking about a guy that does not have a ride for next year. Correct. He has been released from his contract and has been unable to pick up a new contract with any other team. And he's out here beating. I mean, do the math. Do the math. You ready? There's 22 riders and he's finishing in the top six. Mm-hmm. He's beating how many people? 16. 16 people. I mean, there's 16 people with rides and he's beating them. What's up with that? So there's been rumors he's been tied to the LC or the Repsol Honda team. He's been, I mean, there's there's been a lot of stuff getting thrown around. And then he comes out this weekend and he finishes second. Yep. He, he finishes second in the sprint. Second podium of the year, which oh, there's a lot of riders that wish they could say they had two podiums this year. True. Still doesn't have a ride. Puts his big smile on and tells everybody how nice he is with his sweet little voice, like you said. <laughs> and still doesn't have a ride. Yeah. The big rumor that came out, we talked about it a little bit last week, but Luca Marini. Correct. Luca Marini's getting that Repsol ride. And it sounds like that's still the way it's going. I, don't, I haven't seen an official announcement, yep. but sounds like that's real. Sounds like that's going to happen. And when Grassini was spoken to, or excuse me, when VR46 was spoken to about, well, what about DG? Nope. They want a new young rider that they can bring up in their image. So they're mm-hmm. looking at Moto2 to replace Luca Marini. They're not looking at him. Interesting. And that is so sad because that guy's already on a Ducati. Yep. He's on a 22. Mm-hmm. He's probably on the worst Ducati on the track. Most likely. Yeah, I'd say at least the the least paid attention to. Yeah, to move to a VR46 bike would give him probably more attention. Should. And continue to stair-step his career. But right now he's still hanging out. He still doesn't have a job. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I heard on another podcast somewhere a month ago or longer, I heard him say that their recommendation was for him to not take a Repsol bike when it was still on the table, not take a Repsol bike and sit on the couch and keep himself healthy because someone will need him next year. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you let that guy go. So I've avoided the topic of the race (laughs) Mm -hmm. because so the sprint ends up with Bagnaya kind of doing what he showed he was going to do in qualifying. Yep. And Jorge Martin comes out and finds something that he didn't show us in qualifying, goes out and wins the sprint. But when we get to the race, it should just be more of the same, right? No. And this is this is where the F1 ties in. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. So I was making fun of, as we were watching F1, they're like, What's the biggest concern today? Well, if we grain our tires, if we if we grain our tires or don't grain our tires, that's all they could talk about, right? If this track grains our tires or doesn't grain our tires, I don't I'm not sure what that meant. Yeah. I mean, it's a term that I'm not familiar with and so call me stupid, whatever. But mm-hmm. when the MotoGP race started and they did their warm-up lap and they lined up and Martin tried to freaking do a wheel stand spin out Flipped, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so actually, I, I, when if you watch the practice starts a lot, like at the end of practice or at the end of qualifying after that last lap, you know, they'll all come around and do a practice start. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of those in practice start, but I don't think I've seen a start that bad on the grid. You know, and I yelled while. at the TV, he's grained his tires. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. I'm not even sure what that means, but I think I might be right. Because did that hey, not look maybe. like a grain tire for the rest of the race? Uh, supposedly. I was laughing when he pulled in and uh, or on the cool down lap. He was he kept looking back at it. What did this mean? Uh, I don't know. Hands are tired, maybe. He went like this and then turned and looked at the tire. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. So we have the we have the race. Martin has a terrible start. He's sideways. He's doing this magical graining of the tire. Yeah, he then, also didn't do the best in qualifying. So well, he's on row, the second row. Yeah, but so was Bagnaya, right? So we said Bagnaya didn't do the best in qualifying. He was Bagnaya was in fourth. Martin was in fifth. Yeah, that's fair. So not not what we expected from either of them, but it's not like Jorge was down in sixteenth or anything like that. Agreed. But he comes out, I think, after the first corner. He just started getting swallowed up because of his start. He got mm-hmm. swallowed up. Then he got roughed up. Then he got beat up. Then he got pushed around. It took a minute for him to everybody to just kind of calm down. And right. I think when things calmed down, he was in eighth. Yeah, and he held eighth for quite a while. So running around. Yeah, it was it was interesting to watch um, because he had a bad start. Okay. But he never came back at That's all. That's because he grained his tire, I'm telling you. When, you know, I caught the announcers at the end because he, he pulled back into the pits, pulled straight into his garage. They went shut in there the and they yeah, shut the door like immediately. And I heard the announcers being like, yeah, I would not want to be that Michelin tire tech guy, whatever, trying to explain that and blah, 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 blah. Like, are we seriously just blaming the tire or can and I I think they were leaning towards blaming the tire, but and I haven't heard anything since. But I would say uh, I, if I was a Michelin guy, I'd tell him you shouldn't have grained your tire at the start right there. All right, enough with the grain of tires. This ain't F1. I don't think we grain tires, especially because wow. these are all racetracks, not roads. Yeah, he so. flat spotted that thing is what he did. I don't know what yeah, he did. Probably. So a Big spin left, big spin right, and then finally got on his feet, but then never, just never had it. Never had anything for it. So, and, and we've, we've both been watching everybody. Everybody's been watching, so you just felt like as soon as he got things calmed down, he just scooped back up. up. Field, and yep. for a while there, it looked like he might. And yeah, then, I mean, he was there. Well, he was, yeah, he was. He hadn't quite lost grip of the front seven, I guess. Yeah. But then things started going the other direction. He just came down. I mean, so credit where credit's due, Maverick Vinales, uh, they didn't spend a whole lot of time on him, but he ran a pretty good race. Started in eighth, came up to fourth. And he was passing, he he started in eighth. He was not in eighth after, you know, into the first corner, if you will. Didn't have a great start. And I I caught him in the background when they were showing Bagnaya crossing the finish line. I was like, yeah, that's Maverick right there. Whoa. I, <laughs> we, I would. We heard I would, some, like a little bit about him passing people. And then they just kind of got off of that. Well, devil's advocate. How many people did we watch pass Martin? Okay, quite a few. Yeah. If you go back and watch. All the people that passed Martin, Maverick did it the most daintily. It took Maverick. Sure. It took him. He had a fast bike. It took him so long to get her around him. I don't know if he was nervous about touching him or the Aprilia yeah. really can't pass in traffic. Maybe. Um, yeah, I wasn't gonna like discredit Maverick for that because, like I said, I mean, he came up all the way up to fourth after that. Because of the people that passed Martin, he's the only one that then continued to pass other people that were running. Pretty good I agree. Race. That's what I mean. He had. I would argue that he had the faster bike than everybody else that passed Martin. Yeah. Why couldn't he clear him? Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting it came, thought. It came off weak to me. Yeah. Maybe, but I also don't know. Like that, I was getting mad about it because, of course, they're going to talk about it, and of course, it's going to happen. But it was kind of making me a little mad because they're like, "Yeah, you know, DG's not going to make this pass unless it's absolutely clean because he knows what's at stake for Peco." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Nah." Sure, but then... So, to say that, surely everybody knows at this point, but eventually, DG passes Bagnaya and gets a win, right? Indeed. Did you catch one when they were throwing that mapping aid or whatever at him? I never got what they meant. So... I heard that said, but... So, they can... They'll... The rider has the ability to change mapping on the bike while they're going. So, sometimes that's for fuel conservation... 
so tire maybe conservation, they'll, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, conserving tires, you know, taking some power out of it so they don't spin the tires so much, all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, the announcers jumped right on that, saying that they, Ducati, was trying to slow him down. So they were telling him to switch to this other mapping mm. at the end mm-hmm. of the race. Like, okay. Calm down, switch to that mapping. And then when he got up on Bagnaya, they're like, he didn't switch the mapping. He's going for it. He's going against what they said. And I was yelling at that point, man. I was like, I don't care what they say. Did you get them? Yeah, that was too. There was a, I had to stop myself because there was one point where I was like, the not not with the pass, but after the pass, I was like, oh, come on, Pecco, just let him win. Give him his one win. You know, he might not be a MotoGP ever given to give him his one win. And then all of a sudden there was a three and a half second lead or gap between the two. And I was like, oh, my bad. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you had it the whole time. But then like thinking about it, he did have it the whole time. He was right behind him, on top of him, in a lot of corners, like right mm-hmm. there the entire race. And then finally, he's like, "All right, I'm doing it," and did it. And then uh, that move from Bagnaya again, non-roboting out there, trying to late break and yeah. just overshot that. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, I think. The- and I'm not sure if that's where that full three seconds came from, but I was watching the time, and it kind of kept going up until like the last lap. Yeah, after I that, so I think Bagnaya gave up after that. I mean, I, I think a good two seconds probably came from that. Yeah. But, but the additional, I, he was all over the place. I was worried for him because. Yeah. Plus, so was his team. Oh, man. I know there's some people at home probably didn't want him to, but I actually wanted him to finish. I'm not a Peco fan, per se, but I, I wanted him to finish. He deserved it. Great, great ride. But the reason I bring up the mapping is because I laugh because the announcers had the whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Be- Ducati called in the dogs. The dogs sent out the message, said, calm down. We don't want you close to Peco, blah, 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 blah. And all that might be true. But it was funny after the race. I don't know if you caught this, but after the race, that's the first question that the announcers went and asked mm-hmm. or the interviewers or whoever. The first question they went and asked to one of the big bosses in Ducati at Grassini, rather, yeah. did he ignore your command to, you know, switch the mapping? And they said, oh, no, 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 we don't have a way to communicate with our riders. So he had asked us to send that message to him at five laps to go. Mm, Just to kind of give him a reminder, you got five laps to go so that he could decide what to do. And I don't think anybody other than those people will ever know what was true. (laughs) But it was pretty, I mean, both of them make sense. I could see that happening. I could see him saying Hey, just send me a like yellow message or whatever to let me know when there's five laps left. Maybe that was good for him. Yeah. And it, it tracks with what he was saying the day before. Uh, the day before, he said he had a real shot at the race if he was still there in the last 10 laps. Right. Or midpoint of the race if he was still up front. Yep. And I don't know. Awesome for him. I think that's great because even if he never gets another ride, which I can't imagine that happening, but if he... If he never gets another shot at it, that's a story you tell your grandkids, man. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, mad, mad respect. I can say there's definitely been people that have come to MotoGP and left without ever winning, mm-hmm. and there will continue to be people. There's, I'm pretty sure, a couple people this year that'll probably leave after next year. Probably won't have a win under win under their belt. So it's been nice to see him up part of the rest of the Ducatis uh, at the end of the season and. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting because I'm there. The other thing is that your fate is not decided by one race, and it shouldn't be either. And I'm not saying he's a one race guy because he he has been doing better all around the last half of the season. But like that also just weirds me out because it it's so weird how many people end up fighting at the end of the season. I'm like, how do you not just give up? Like, why? Great for him. That's gonna be something he personally wants. But it, I like almost would just go out and put around the track for 20 laps just to stick it to the team and be like nope you you kicked me off you're not getting the money that i could make you but because instead now he's the talk of the town so well yeah that's i mean there's that part of it absolutely so i, I got that but but then that brings me into my other problem which is why i'm you know i'm torn my heart is ripped it's torn because there's that side of it but the other side is why would he ever care then if he passes Pecco a little dirty or not. He is a racer. He should be out there winning a race or trying to win a race and doing what that takes. Now, they should all be safe at all times. 
like and and a lot of riders are friendly off track. Yeah. So you don't want to you don't want to do your buddy bad. But Right. But well, at the end of the day, you shouldn't like the team orders thing is kind of just I know I know how weird. bad you hate team orders, but I'm telling you I am so sick of hearing them talk about team orders. I have seen nothing that shows anything with the exception of Bastianini last week, maybe trying to play blocker a little bit. Maybe. And I don't have a problem with that either. Because when Bastianini could get by him, he did. Yeah. And he went won, won the race last week. I don't have a problem with that, but we're falling into the trap. See, the announcers are the ones saying that. DG's never come out and said, None of these writers come out and go, nobody would ever admit to it if it was true. It's the announcers that are saying all these things and creating all these storylines that this guy's not passing that guy because of this, and that guy's not passing that guy because of that. Along those lines, one of the other passes I wanted to bring up was Zarco was absolutely doing everything he can, everything he could for Jorge in that race. I do believe that. Sure looked like it, yeah. I mean, he even blew by him one time easily. Yep. He easily had the pace to get around him, but he blew by him and then immediately got out of his way so he could swing back by, made it look like he went wide. <laughs> yeah. So we'll never know, but I believe... Oh, but then Bastanini came up and passed Martin just to make sure that Pecco got that extra point. Yeah, yeah. It's not that he wanted the spot or anything or that yeah. he's trying to save his own job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And yeah, you know, maybe that's the real problem is that Maybe I am just getting upset with the announcers and how they are just, who knows? I mean, they they live, breathe, eat, whatever, sleep, MotoGP, right? That's their job. And so they should know more than us. But sometimes it really does feel like they're paid to announce a great race and to draw you in. And so if they just sat there and said nothing, we're like, yeah, let's, uh, well, we haven't talked in a few minutes. They're still racing. Uh, let's. <laughs> you, do, you, do you want some specs on the Ducati? I know we gave them to you last week ten times, but so we can talk about, about that. How about the hit on Mark Martin from Zarco? On Mark Martin? Oh, uh, Mark Marquez, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't say the normal name that you say, so I was confused. That's what confused me, too. It's been a long time since I <laughs> called him by his name. Man, that was a hit, though. Yeah. They were showing the slow-mos, man, and that thumped him right in the leg, like right in the fire or whatever there was there was some good racing that's all i'm gonna say good racing all around everybody up there like i said maverick i think i wish i could have seen a little bit more camera action on him because i'd like to see how he made those other few spots after martin up to fourth place everyone passing martin okay but then i mean fabio quadraro was out there messing around with bashanini a little bit miller a little bit Alex so, Marquez and Brad Bender traded spots a couple times, along with Marini. They were all kind of in there. So I think I think we missed a decent amount of the racing. Because, moment. yeah, because Martin was in the back and Bagnaia was up front. And it, it was really weird because it was just like this. Martin was just falling back and Bagnaia was just sitting up there. So, uh, so, But then, yeah, also still just DG. Super impressed me this weekend. Great awesome. time. I have to give I have to give a shout out. I know this is favoritism, but I have to give a shout out Jack Miller because for what? Because uh, I'll tell you for what. All so right. in, in both the sprint and the race, uh-huh. the results the results definitely could have been better. But if you follow Jack and you watch those, both of those races, he was fighting right to the end and he was making spots. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I call that good is because usually Jack has a habit of fighting for a few laps, at least in the latter half of this year. Mm-hmm. He fights for a few laps and then drifts back, back, back. This was right. a race where he didn't have the greatest qualifying position, but he started and he fought throughout the race. He gained spots, gained spots, gained spots, and finished finished better than he started. I thought they were solid showings from a MotoGP rider, maybe not a factory KTM rider. That's not what they're happy with. Yeah. Okay. Which is also lending to the rumors. There's the the rumors been recharged again that uh, they're talking to Jack about stepping down to Gas Gas again, and letting Pedro get on the KTM bike. Which I don't agree with it, but it makes sense. I could see KTM doing that. It 
It does, and I, I like Jack a lot. Jack had a really strong beginning of the season. I had high hopes for him. I think everyone did. For him and Bender both, and then it fell off, honestly, quite quickly. But I think we didn't catch it because we chalked that up to, oh, classic Jack, you know, give you a good race, give you a bad one. But then it never really came back. Yeah, and I so. hear people saying that I, – I hear people starting to discredit his time on the Ducati with the performance he has on the KTM, saying things like he was on the best bike on the grid, so of course he won a couple races. Hmm. And Interesting. I don't really think that's fair, but – I don't either because if you're going to do that, then Pecco's not a world champion. Like, what <laughs> – no. In my head, that's what you're saying, right? That's what you're trying to say. I agree. And that, that was another comment that made me mad is there was there was one time when Golden Underwear was uh, out there riding yeah. and then mm-hmm. the, the cameras were on him. And this, this is what I was pointing out last week. They just started, and maybe you remember the part of the race, they were talking about Mark. I can't remember. It could have been during the sprint, but I think it was during the race where they just had the camera on him for, the, for a while and the announcers are like, Look at him. He's the only one that can do that. He's out there on an inferior bike. That bike is nothing compared to those Ducatis, and he's still up there trying to run with them and blah, 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 blah. And on one hand, yeah, but on the other hand, I'm not convinced. Like somebody said the Honda suck, so the Honda sucks, right? Yeah. They say the KTM's good. They say the KTM's the only bike that has a chance at competing, right? But yeah, Brad Bender's Brad Bender's up there t- fighting in the top five every week. But Jackson seventeenth, Fernandez is in eighteenth, and Pole's in nineteenth. Yep. I mean, Bender's the only one that can ride the KTM. So is it because he's amazing, or does that bike suck and he's amazing, or is that bike just built for him? Yeah, or do they have the next Honda problem? Which is definitely possible. I mean, he's been there for a while. We'll find out when Pedro gets there. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets there. Uh, I, well, MotoGP in general. Because yeah. if not on a KTM, he'll be on a gas gas. So. Or a Repsol. I've heard that rumor too. Well, huh? actually, what, will it even be a Repsol? <laughs> it will be, but it won't be a Red Bull. Yeah. Did you say yeah. they lost Red Bull? Say what? Did you say they lost Red Bull? Yeah, yep. Red Bull and Mark are both leaving Honda. But yeah, only did, MotoGP. But you, did you see that Red Bull... Yeah, they're not going to pull out a F1. <laughs> uh, you know. So, but I, my understanding is that uh, Honda also... Red Bull must have all the keys in that contract because Red Bull or Honda can't sign another energy drink for one year. Oof, oof. That's my understanding. Interesting. Okay. So maybe Nestle milk or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I hope. Yeah, Nestle chocolate milk or True Moo or something. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man. Yeah, it'll be the the politics of MotoGP will be very interesting to see what the first race of next year looks like. Uh, in the meantime, though, great race in Qatar. If you haven't gone and watched it. Absolutely go watch it. I'd say the race over the sprint personally, but the sprint was pretty good too. It was a little short, like they all are. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Race was but yeah, I mean, we are now sitting 21 points apart. Let me check. So I'm not yep. misquoting anything. Yeah, because Digi stole three points from him. That's why they were mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 21 points apart. So we came into the weekend 14. We were down to seven, and now we're up to 21. So... Uh, it is going to be, I'm, I'm bummed for one reason, one reason only. And that's because I was ready for an epic last weekend of the season. And now it has to be like something has to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Arguably. Right. We're with a 21 point lead. Bagnaya just needs to go run two good races and not crash. And you'll be good to go. Yeah. A couple top eights will do it. Yep. I was really, really hoping. I didn't want Bagnaya to wreck. I didn't want anyone to do like horribly bad. But I was kind of hoping we went into that final weekend or the, at least the final race with like 
two points little, separating them. A little more pressure on him. Yeah, so it does actually matter. Like they both just want to go win the race. But now Bagnaya can be smart, be a robot, and robot it out. So do you remember last year though? I don't remember what the points difference was, but Quattraro Bagnaya. Mm-hmm. The points difference was a lot. Like Bagnaya had at least as much of an advantage. And yeah. he rode like hell, if I remember correctly. He kept falling back like it got in his head. Yeah. I mean, if 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 it if he ends up getting in the race and he has to finish 12th or better, it'd be interesting to watch if he can handle that this year cuz last year he barely barely Yeah. It. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, but I mean, one could argue maybe the same for Jorge Martin. He's done really well with pressure up to this point, but it almost seems like this got to him this past weekend. You know, and uh I don't know. So, uh I'm a little bummed out, but for the first time, and I don't know how many years we are going to the last race, which I think we've done that for probably a month or so now, but we are going to the last race for the championship. So uh, buckle your seatbelts. We're headed to Valencia. Be ready for that. I like it. And that's uh, that's all I got. And other news, this is a little old news already, but uh, I saw it again today, so I thought I'd bring it up. The CBR 600 for 2024 mm-hmm. with the little wings on it. Mm-hmm. New engine, mm-hmm. quite a bit more horsepower than before. I don't know about that part. Does it? I think, yeah, the old ones, six hundreds were like around the one fifteen mark. This one's one twenty four. So, uh, my question here is why? Because there's a resurgence in the inline four. Okay. We're coming full circle, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I'll tell you how we're going full circle. Did you see okay. what's happening to the Ninja four hundred R? Not R R R. No. Really, just gone. The parallel twin is out. Ninja is coming out with the Ninja 500R. Okay. And basically the same motor. Uh-huh. Basically the same motor with bigger bore or something on it. So at the end of the day, it's just going to have more torque. It's not necessarily, but they're calling it the Ninja 500R. Uh-huh. It's like 450-something cc's. I don't know. Anyway, what are we doing? Like, we're going in full circle. So we talk about... Yeah, but it's all in like one year. Yeah, but everybody's talking about everybody's talking about like the small bikes or where it's at now, and that's where everybody's building the bikes. But comp- competition, this is how competition works. So mm-hmm. somebody has a four hundred, somebody has to make a four hundred one, somebody has to make a four hundred two, and before you know it, they're all thousands again. So we're coming back, baby. That's what in I'm ten, saying. In ten years, we'll be right back where we were, but they'll all be thousand cc parallel twins. <laughs> well, it goes, I mean, we touched on that last week and uh, I don't want to, so, you know, I'm a member of a club. Yeah. Racing club. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't want to air any laundry is my thing, but I, I took, I took part in a rule change meeting or, okay. or listened in in a rule change meeting. And one of the number one topics, the number one topic, the thing that got spent the most time on probably was mm-hmm. where do you put all these bikes? Like where do you put all these different size bikes that people can buy on a club level yeah or on a you know private level that are trying to go club racing there's so many different cc's so many different bikes so many everything's crazy now nothing matches it's not it's not like the japanese four make a 600 or a thousand yep take your pick they've got sizes all down the middle i mean you got r7s and rs sixties and i feel like manufacturers are like our bikes aren't selling. What do we do? And they're just flooding the market every year. It's something new. Like, do you guys like this one? And the public's like, uh, it's okay. Yeah. The half of us are like, why, why are we not just continuing what we were doing? The other half's like, uh, no, go buy an Indian. (laughs) And then, Uh, yeah. And then you have the the couple of people are like, this is the best bike ever made. So yeah, a, a lot of it, as you know, but a lot of it is emissions driven. It's just them trying to get around the emissions. And if you have a bike that revs lower, gets better fuel mileage. I mean, that's where, that's where most of this is coming from is from an emission standpoint. But that's why, that's why we need a MotoGP team for emissions. Well, there's no emissions in MotoGP. Well, there's no emissions control for racing. So yes, there is. And not really. That's why they're running all this new fuel. They're going to be completely green in four years or whatever. Yeah, whatever. 
if sure. the world lasts that long. <laughs> well, it's just uh, so the ninja's bumping up. You got Aprilia right there with them, or the RS four fifty seven. So that kind of makes sense because maybe those two, but Yamaha doesn't have anything down there because they built the R seven. Yeah, so now an R three has no place. Yep, because an R three is a uh, inline four. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Hang on, I got to check that. Yamaha R3 engine configuration. Two-cylinder. Inline, probably. It just says... Lawnmower. Parallel twin. Yep, parallel twin. So, I'm just saying there's too many bikes. That's why that's why everybody got to figure out a way to make them competitive in all the different race classes, especially on a club level, because it's, it's too hard when you only got one or two guys showing up on this bike and one or two guys showing up on that bike. I mean, yeah. how do you, how do you make that fair in the real world at a club racing level? Yeah. Well, and especially cause it's not as easy as CCs anymore when they're all like, I want to try this configuration. I want to try this. It's a completely different bike because I mean, as, as you know, you can go out and buy a, a Ninja 650 and you can buy a Ninja 636 to stick it completely same brand, arguably the same bike. They're both Ninja 600s. Very, very different bikes. And yep. Yep. you put a 650 against a 636R, ain't going anywhere. 400R versus 400RR, completely yep. different bikes. I mean, on and on and on. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think everybody should just be required to race 1,000 cc's. There you go. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting. I, I seen the 600 with a little bit of arrow on it, but it's still in line four, and they bumped up the power, and I'm like, what are you? Everyone else is out. Yamaha said we're out. Suzuki's basically out. Kawasaki, I don't even know what they do anymore, but they're like, looks like they're focusing their attention a little further down. And here's Honda like, hey guys, we're probably going to be out of MotoGP soon because we just lost all our sponsors and our only rider. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing good anywhere else in the world, so we revamped our 1000, and to go with it, we revamped the 600 that no one buys. Yeah, and well, we're not, probably going to put a price tag on it. Not to just bag on them. I don't know the answer to this question, but you know the we talked about the Fireblade got revamped also. Mm-hmm. Most of those things don't matter, but the geometry change probably definitely matters to World Superbike, so that may actually be a giant play on World Superbike to try to make that bike better. Right. I, I mean, I figured I when uh, I saw what they changed and how little it actually was, and you know, and then I looked into it and it's like we did this little change, we did this with geometry, we changed the arrow just a little bit this way, uh, and, and here's what we got. I was like, okay, interesting. I'm curious if you dig in on the 600, if there's some changes there that are going to help them in their super sport in World Superbike. Yeah, I'll have to do a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. It looks like they kind of just put some fairings on it. I'm reading an article right now. I don't know. Yamaha needs to come out with a new R6 so that they can lower the prices on the old ones. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Honda's still making one, so it's going to keep their prices lower. Oh, here you go. Honda will also offer a comfort pack with an expandable tail bag, heated grips, and USB-C charging. That's going well to the World Superbike. Yeah, as well as a track-only HRC race kit. U.S. pricing availability remained to be confirmed. So that article was uh, November 7th, so about two weeks ago. I so, want one. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was looking at them, and I was like, yeah, it'd be a good thing to go get and kind of test out, see see what it's got. That USB-C charger, though, that changes the game, you know, for all you moto vloggers out there. <laughs> you plug right into the bike. You just have strings going all over everything i like it yeah i don't see any recent enough articles um this is saying bike ride pro says something about their picture is not what everyone else's picture is but it said thirteen thousand six hundred expected price subject to change until the official announcement so yeah subject to change to 11 or no thank you yeah well that, that that was gonna be my biggest question is like okay you did all these cool updates and you gave us like a little bit more horsepower in this arrow and now what are you gonna charge seventeen thousand for it and expect me to go buy it so that's kind of I, th I thought the whole like purpose of the r7 was that one more people will want it because it's more beginner rider friendly 
And then two, the price is so cheap that like you can't say no to that. But we'll see. Anyway, that's uh that's about all the news I got. I don't know if you had anything else. No, that that's good for me. All we're, right. getting ready, we're getting ready to end this thing. Yeah, I think so. Because I just want to tell everybody this will come out on Wednesday. So happy Thanksgiving tomorrow for those that are listening on the day of. Yeah. And uh, as always, we appreciate you subscribing, liking. Please leave some comments. Yeah, we and like the comments. We do like the comments. Yeah, and share it with your friends, uh, your other motorcycle racing buddies. Or, you know, if you have a friend that uh, asks you what the difference between MotoGP and Moto America is, and then also asks you the difference between F1 and NASCAR, <laughs> send them our way and we'll uh, we'll hook you guys up with an episode on the... Well, we'll do a whole episode on NASCAR versus Formula One. How about that? I like it. All right. Well, yeah, if there's nothing else, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you guys continue to enjoy, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Thank you. See ya.